Well, today we are talking about a popular book that has contributions from over 40 authors. In fact, each of those authors has together written 66 mini books within it. There are 1,189 chapters in this book, and depending on the version, it's going to have at least 600,000 words in the entire book. It was originally written in three languages, Hebrew, Aramaic, and Greek, and it is the most popular, best-selling book of all times. It is, of course, the Bible. To the Christian, it's the very Word of God and is the ultimate guide for our lives. Yet in 2022, only 39% of Americans say they read their Bible multiple times a year. Accessibility to the Bible is greater now than it's ever been before with options for numerous translations, sizes, and even Bible apps that you can take with you wherever you have a mobile device. If you are a Bible reader, you have probably run into parts of the Bible that seem complex, confusing, or even controversial. Well, today I've invited some friends of mine to join us to discuss those very things. Critically acclaimed recording artist and pastor Jimmy Needham has always been drawn to things that others overlook. His wife, author and speaker Kelly Needham, is a Bible teacher at heart. Together, they've created a new podcast called Clearly. Clearly is a podcast where scripture is never dull, those tricky topics get tackled, and what's blurry comes into focus. Jimmy and Kelly Needham help demystify the Bible and give you the tools to get out of the fog and see God for yourself. They say if it's complex, confusing, or controversial, it's covered in their podcast clearly. I know that you will enjoy listening to my conversation of hope with my friends, Jimmy and Kelly Needham. Welcome to Behind the Mic Conversations of Hope. Today, I am with um, probably the coolest couple that I know. The coolest I couple I know. Jimmy and Kelly Needham, thank you guys for joining us. I'll tell you why you're cool in just a second. There's a standard for that. <laughs> How you guys doing? Yeah. Hey, hey, we're doing great. Thanks yeah. for having us on, man. This is so fun. We love it. Absolutely. Yeah. I thank you guys both. I know you're busy parents and busy careers and ministry and everything. So I really do appreciate the time. You're the coolest because I didn't realize this until I started doing a little research, but you're the only couple I know. First of all, you guys are cool. But second of all, I think this is officially makes you cool as you both have your own websites. Is that, is that any other couple? Well, that's a lot. That's a lot. My wife, my wife wouldn't know how to log in to even start a website and you guys both have your own. That's pretty cool. Hey, I, and I'll tell you what, she's kind of the, uh, I was gonna say, she's the whiz kid here. Jimmy doesn't know how to log on to his website either. I built that for him back in the day. Yeah, so. I'm, wow. I'm, I'm this many. So I, I just don't know. I've been the behind the scenes, you know, uh, tech. managerial tech side of his public ministry since day one. Yeah, so. the, the cool energy definitely leans wow. this way. The administrative um, wow. energy, maybe. Yeah. I don't know. Yeah. Wow. <laughs> Seriously, though, you guys, you guys are an amazing couple. Um, I've been able to spend some time with you over the years. I'm just really blessed by your ministries. Um, you got some great things going on, and we'll talk about those. That's what we want to talk about. Mm-hmm. I'll start off with you guys have a new project that I'm really excited about. Mm-hmm. I've listened to it. What What is this, the third or fourth? I don't know third. if you count the intro. Uh, I don't know how you do that. It's but. the third episode. Fourth one comes out. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So. yeah. Tell us about your new podcast, Clearly. What, yeah. What in the world? Kel? So the tagline is, 
let, let me give you the tagline because I love this. Hey, and you I, said I, it. If, Here we go. Here. If people don't hear this and want to go to the to the podcast and listen, I don't know what's wrong with them. It says if it's complex, Amen. confusing, or controversial, it's covered here. Where else do you need to go? Right? Where else? <laughs> Seriously, that's well, an awesome uh, tagline. I like that. It's a li- it's a little uh, weird. It's kind of like, uh, hey, do you want to like, do you want to get on a mic and talk about everything that no one wants to talk about? <laughs> and then, do you think people will listen? And uh, both of those are question marks. It's like, do we want to do that? And and are people going to tune in? So we'll we'll find out about the second. But we certainly, for the first, uh, we love it, man. It's it's uh, um, it it is a little left of center. It's a podcast that. Um, we haven't even anticip- uh, like been planning on doing something like this together, uh, but we just have noticed over the years our interests are really similar. Our passions are really similar. Our burdens for people are really mm-hmm. similar. Our what dr- draws us and attracts us uh, to God in the Word mm-hmm. um, is really similar. We we're often just in the scriptures and we're just like Kelly's favorite books of the Bible are like numbers, like numbers, wow. really like Leviticus. Like that's where book. you want to go. Like, w- w- like w- with your friends. And, and I, what does I, that uh, say about her? I don't know. Well, don't know. it says she probably likes designing websites. Uh, <laughs> that's probably Could be. what it means. Could be. Um, and I, I, I feel like I've got a lot of similar energy. I just really like to, um, we both are curious uh, by nature, and we both are just convinced that the whole Word of God, mm-hmm. it matters. It's the, it's the mm, in, yeah. in, entire counsel of, of God, and so mm-hmm. it, it's relevant for us. God is speaking to us uh, through it, and not just the parts that you can put on a coffee mug. And mm-hmm. um, not that there's anything wrong with the coffee mug verses. It's just that there's so much more to be had, and we, I feel mm-hmm. like we run into folks so often it, over the course of our lives that they just they haven't developed a, um, a palette for some of those deeper cuts of the scriptures. Mm-hmm. Um, and so we, we're like lit up to go, man, how can we help you see that's not a thing to skip? Like you can un- yeah. unstick those gold leaf pages <laughs> and then like actually read that yeah. part and it will come alive, you know? Mm-hmm. What would you add yeah. to that? Yeah, I think we've found so much joy in unexpected joy in those parts of the scriptures. And we have just an eagerness to welcome other people into that and welcome people into the transformative power of engaging with all of the Bible. And I think there is something that happens when you expose yourself to the full counsel of God, not just the parts that are your favorite, because it's usually the parts that aren't your favorite that actually do the most transforming work. They invite you into Mm. this conversation with God that is a little more uncomfortable sometimes, but honestly, that's where I have seen change. And uh, over the years of doing college small groups or uh, having other discipleship conversations, this comes up a lot. People are looking at us going, I want to know God like you know God. And I'm like, that's great. That partly starts with, do you really want to know all of him? And yeah. if you do, like, let's get into all of it, even the really uncomfortable parts. And we've both just had a heart for that for a long time. And so it's been fun in this podcast to explore that together and just welcome people into something. Yes, uncomfortable, but also because we really do believe that there's a lot of joy on the other side. Yeah. 
Yeah, that's really good. And I, I think, you know, we all, so we've been talking a lot here and there on the podcast about, um, I guess, progressive Christianity, seeker friendly, those types of things that really amount mm-hmm. to a scary situation. Maybe, maybe um, Sunday Christians, or I don't know what you want to call them, where, you know, we, we do mm-hmm. know, like John three sixteen. um, you know, my favorite passage, uh, Psalm 139 and Philippians 413 and some of those that we can quote, but there's other parts. So, you know, a lot of times maybe we'll flip to the back of the Bible and, and read where it says, you know, when I'm blank and you fill in the blank, when I'm fearful and mm-hmm. there's scriptures that we can, mm-hmm. but you're right. You know, God's, God's whole, the whole Bible is relevant to today. And I think a lot of people yeah. don't believe that. Like, there are times mm-hmm. that I'm just like, okay, where do I want to go now? I finished this book. Where do I want to go now? Nine times out of ten, I'm looking in the New Testament. So sure. I really sure. love yeah. what you're doing. In fact, Malachi, um, Joel. I don't know the last time, yeah, that I've been to Joel or Malachi. You know, I have to look yeah. at the concordance of the front to find out where that's at. <laughs> that's that's right. That's what that's page definitely number. You're like, that's right. <laughs> Well, I think the other thing we felt, too, is like, um, man, I don't know about you, but I feel like I've had so many run-ins with uh, friends and acquaintances who have uh, had, had a season of walking with Jesus, and then, or at least professing walking with Jesus, and then they actually do get in to maybe some of those um, trickier parts of the Bible, confusing, opaque parts of the Bible, and they come out on the other side uh, because they haven't... Um, uh, been careful to to read a verse in its context and understand the the, s- the scope of the whole and all of that. Uh, they come out on the other side uh, skeptical, cynical. I, I have friends who've abandoned the faith entirely mm, yeah. because, and they've said this to me. Uh, I started reading the Old Testament, mm-hmm. and the God I met there, I didn't recognize him. He's not. Mm. He's that's not my God who does those things, and uh, and we. I hate that. I hate that for him. Yeah. I would hate that for anybody because when I come to uh, a Joshua and you're and you're dealing with really like, oh my gosh, what did God call the Israelites to do to the Canaanites? And all, you know, mm-hmm. yeah. to me, it, it provokes curiosity. It it, it makes me want to go deep. I'm, I'm convinced because the New Testament tells me to be convinced that even that passage is for my good and for me to hope in God. So, uh, but uh, not not everybody necessarily is coming with that. A mode of operation to those passages. So for us, I feel like one of our functions is we want to just provide for you mm-hmm. a framework mm-hmm. for how to engage with a text that doesn't leave you um, on the other side of reading that cynical, bitter, yeah. mm-hmm. uh, distrusting of God, because there are really good answers to these things. Mm-hmm. Yeah, And I, I think we've had a lot of great discipleship in these lanes as well. And so we're just happy and excited to pass on what has been so generously entrusted to us through great mentors and teachers of our own that have walked with us through those questions, have given us guidance and uh, helped us learn how to make sense of those things. And so really, we do find ourselves, I feel like, in that great line of faith that like Paul talks to Timothy in 2 Timothy, saying the things I've entrusted to you, entrust these to faithful men who will teach others also. 
there are people ahead of us that have entrusted us with some good tools and resources to read the scriptures this way. And we've seen so much life and vitality in our spiritual life because of it. So we're just eager to pass those things on and hopefully demystify some of the ways that we're coming to those conclusions and helping make sense of it so that those who are listening to the podcast aren't even just getting equipped for Malachi, for example, but they're getting tools in their tool belt as they listen to engage in all sorts of other parts of the scriptures with just new skills in their hands to read those things with confidence that yeah. God wants to meet them there. Yeah. Yeah, I think uh, I think it was yesterday's podcast, and we are, as, as of today, recording this. Um, you were mm-hmm. talking about Malachi, and you had mentioned, like, the last part of the Old Testament is the prophets. And I think for those that don't dig into it enough to understand the structure of God's Word— um, uh, you know, the beginning from the end and then old from the new and all those different things. You know, I've heard a lot of people say over the years, number one, it's not relevant to today. Number two, can we even trust that this is really, I mean, is God real? And if, if he is, is this really his word? How can we trust that what I'm reading is even for mm-hmm. real, you know? Yeah. So, yeah. and I know that's, that's all part of, of the faith that we believe in, um, yeah. But how do you guys, do you ever encounter through this, through these ventures that you have in ministry, um, people that ask those questions and how do you answer? Yeah, you bet. Well, I think it's a, uh, it's a pretty common question and mm-hmm. uh, our answer is probably going to be something like this. We want to have the same posture to the Old Testament as Jesus had. I think it's a good place to start. Let's mm, just, uh, we're, we're all a big fan of Jesus, <laughs> so let's, let's see how he understood the Old Testament. Let's see how he mm-hmm. talked about it. Did he venerate it? Did he desecrate it? Did he uphold it? Did he, well, how did he treat it? And when, when we come to the Gospels, mm-hmm. um, what are you seeing repeatedly? I mean, he is just a just relentless quoter of the Old Testament, mm-hmm. constantly, yeah. constantly. He quotes Deuteronomy four times uh, in mm-hmm. his uh, temptation uh, by Satan. Uh, and not only that, uh, so not only does he have the highest view of the Old Testament that you could possibly have, but Jesus himself uh, is going to reframe the Old Testament for us in ways that I think just uh, send an electric current through, mm-hmm. uh, through the Old Testament. Yeah. He's going to tell yeah. us that everything there is, is a finger pointing to him. So I'm thinking about Luke 24 when he's talking with the disciples uh, on the road to Emmaus. I mean, these are these are really um, category shifting ideas that Jesus is introducing. It's not just Jesus. Paul's going to talk like this. Peter's going to talk like this. That we are uh, we are to read the Old Testament uh, with Christocentric eyes now, mm. knowing that yeah. when when Moses spoke. Uh, he was speaking ultimately of Jesus when the sacrifices were unfolding. They were ultimately pointing to Jesus. These, these parts of the Bible that we are so quick to skip. I mean, how many of us never make it past like Exodus 25 because it just starts getting into like temple construction or tabernacle <laughs> construction? We're like, oh my gosh, wow. do I need to know how many cubits this side of this curtain was? <laughs> I don't need to know this. But but what the New Testament does is for, for us is it awakens uh, like an excitement about those passages because now we understand that's not that's just right. a, a tabernacle in the wilderness. What that is, is, is a finger pointing all the way to John 1.14, where it says that the word became flesh and 
tabernacled among us, tented among us, that Jesus Mm -hmm. is ultimately the fulfillment of that picture in the Old Testament of the tabernacle. He is the God who has come to dwell in the midst of his people. And it's like when you see that, all of a sudden Exodus 25 and following isn't so dull anymore. All of a sudden it's like, oh, this is a this is a a picture of something greater that's coming. Mm-hmm. And that, that's just like one of a million things that can help electrify mm-hmm. the whole of the Bible for a person. Yeah. Well, and the other thing that I ask people sometimes is, do you want to know God? Which usually the answer is yes. Like, well, he put all those books in the word and they're important to him. That means that there's something he wants to reveal to you about himself. And even if it's something he has done in the past, he's the same yesterday, today, and forever. And we do this with people we want to know all the time. Our favorite celebrities, we're going to watch documentaries about them. We want to know how they grew up, and we want to know what happened to them when they were young, and what they did, and what got them to where they are now. If we really want to know God, to me, that's the posture I'm also bringing to the Old Testament. God, what did you do in Exodus? How did you operate when that situation? What what do I learn about your character? What does it tell me about you that you wanted purple fabric on this thing? Or, you know, I, I don't always have the answer to all those things, but to come with a curiosity about the character of God, uh, which is different than most of us, where most of us are trained to come to the scriptures with a very practical, self-centered lens of what does this say about me? and what I should do with my life, and how I should live. But if we remember, this is a book of revelation of God, primarily. This is God's way to reveal himself to people. And so if I look at the scriptures that way, now everything is fun. (laughs) Everything is interesting, because all of it has something to tell me about God, because he put it there. Even if I don't understand yet, um, it points me to Christ, reveals the character of God. And if that's why I'm engaging with this book, then it's valuable even if I don't understand how yet, I can come with that kind of curiosity, and it makes it interesting and fun um, for me. So, yeah, that is so good. And and you had referenced in this last episode, I believe, the difference between prophet and priest, and just simple mm-hmm. things like that that are so important. It just expands our understanding of God so much more. Just to know those two terms. And, uh, yeah. Yeah. you know, you're talking about the, temperna- the tabernacle and the, uh, the temple veil being torn in two when Jesus um, was uh, crucified. Uh, the right. significance mm-hmm. of that. So many things. And I, I love that analogy. I think it's so good about uh, documentaries. We, we do. We want to learn about yeah. those people that we really enjoy. Well, that's what God has done for us. That that whole yeah. the whole sixty six books is a that's documentary right. yeah. of Him and what He's done for us. Um, yeah. So yeah, so good, man. You guys, mm-hmm. uh, I want to I want to have um, more than just two episodes a week now of Clearly. But uh, <laughs> if you're not listening, if you're not listening, you've got to go to wherever you listen to podcasts and look up Clearly by Jimmy and Kelly Needham. Um, so good, really good. I don't know that there's another podcast out there like it. So so um, I guess the yeah. next thing that I want to discuss, we'll continue to talk about clearly in the context of, of um, just the whole, what we just talked about, you know, uh, Christ being the center of what we do and, and uh, the importance in our lives. But you guys also have some other projects that I know you're working on. And um, Jimmy, probably uh, for the past how many years, you have like uh, seven albums is that right? Yeah, something like that. I counted yeah. seven. Um, yeah, that sounds good. You know, and we'll call it seven. <laughs> and uh, 
Kelly, Kelly, you have a book that's out called Friendish. Um, check mm-hmm. that out. But you guys also have new projects coming out. And Jimmy, I, I'll also add you're you're also a pastor now. So yeah, that's right. Yep. You don't you're not just like digging your heels in and saying this is all I'm doing. You guys have things that God is just kind of moving you as you go through life, uh, moving you on. I want to talk also briefly about your kids. Um, but yeah, yeah. T- tell us tell us about what you both are working on. I know you have each have a project that's coming. Um, Mm -hmm. maybe within the next, what, year or so? Yeah. Well, uh, as we're speaking, I just a few days ago turned in my manuscript for my next book that comes out in August 2023. So less than a year from now, uh, it will be out on the market. Uh, Something that Jimmy's been really cheering me on to do for a while. I actually started this project in January of 2020 mm. before all of our lives changed. And yeah. I paused it for about a, a year and a half to just do the whole distance learning homeschool thing with my kids yep. and pick that back up recently and just turn that in. Um, and it's called Purpose Fooled. So we kind of made up a word just like friendish. <laughs> My first book is friendish. Just make it up, man. This word, this book is called Purpose, Purpose Fooled. Fooled. Okay. F O O L E D. Fooled. So the tagline is why chasing your dreams, finding your calling, and reaching for greatness will never be enough. Mm. And it's dealing with this modern understanding of what is our purpose in life, which is a very yeah. hot topic right now uh, to it figure is. out what's my purpose. And so the the hope behind the book for me was to bring clarity to that, mm-hmm. uh, expose a little bit of what I think is the cultural norm in understanding purpose uh, that's actually, I think, really heavy and burdensome and uh, oftentimes enslaving. It, it captures us in some unhealthy ways. Mm-hmm. And my hope was to bring some clarity to that, some freedom, hopefully, for people to uh walk in what God has actually created them for. So yeah. Yeah. I can talk more about that if you want, but that's uh, just got turned in and is coming out next year. You know, I think we all want to know what our purpose is, you know, mm-hmm. um, whether you're a believer or not, I think we, God, why am I here? You know, kind of thing. And mm-hmm. that can be really, yep. especially my kids are both um, in college. Now my son just started uh, this fall. And that's been a big focus for them is what is my purpose for the rest of my life. And, um, they get distracted because in school they're really focused on their careers and their education and all those things. And we, we continue to remind them that's, that's a part of, uh, their purpose here. But Mm -hmm. the bigger purpose is why did God put you here? And so I'm really looking forward to that book. Uh, Jimmy, did you have something you wanted to share about that? I I kind of interrupted there. About Kelly's book? Um, About her book, yeah. uh, Yeah, I just think uh, it's... You want to give them my my thesis? uh, Yeah, well, essentially, what? uh, let's see if I can do it. Um, He's read a lot of it. You're smarter than me, so let me see if I can (laughs) articulate it. Uh, essentially, what what uh, you're arguing is uh, that we um, aren't made for verbs. We're made for a noun. That's mm-hmm. maybe the, uh, the, the cool kid yeah. way to say it. Uh, a maybe clear way to say it is to say um, we have, in sort of the modern West, um, 
started to link our purpose with our activities Mm -hmm. for God instead of simply to say that we were made for God Mm -hmm. himself, that God Mm -hmm. is the great noun for which uh, we find our purpose uh, or in which we find our purpose. And, um, And that, I think, even when I say that, I don't actually feel like there's many Christians who would balk at that. That feels like, yeah, I was made for God. Mm-hmm. Um, but when you start to press it a little bit more, uh, it it becomes really apparent that we're just so eager to link activities mm-hmm. to that for yeah. God. I was made to... What specific thing was I made to do for God? Right. And that's what's been really interesting about this book is to unpack, I don't... I think primarily you're just made for him, not to do anything for him. Has he gifted you with unique things? Yes. Are you your own unique person? Yes. All, I would say yes to all those things. But as soon as I tie my purpose and my meaning to those things, I now become enslaved to them, and I must do them to have purpose in my life. Mm. And it's been really freeing for me because it's my, my life has had so many varying seasons where uh, I was in seasons of ministry using unique skill sets I think God has given me. Mm-hmm. I, I do believe God has uniquely gifted me with certain things mm-hmm. that I got to use. And then we got married, and most of my roles were very administrative, and I didn't get to do those things. And I really struggled with that. And then I had another season of ministry, but then I had two kids in diapers. And I, you know, all these ups and downs of life. And then we're watching people we look up to who are very gifted go through sickness and illness and all those skills be stripped away. And then I've watched Jimmy go from lots of public ministry to saying yes to the Lord's call in his life to pastoring at a church that's more hidden and private. And some of those other skill sets aren't getting used. And what stabilizes me and him through all of that is I, I exist for God. Whoever God wants to use me, he is I was made for him. You know, the Isaiah says that these are my people called by my name who I made for my glory. That he doesn't look at me and say, I made you to teach, Kelly, and to write. Uh, I don't think primarily that's what God would say. I, I think he would say, I made you in my image for my glory. The only thing that will satisfy my heart is, is that, is to know him, just him. He is the very purpose for which I was made. And if that's sure, then I'm actually more free to obey him and walk with him, whether I get to use the unique skills that he's given me or not. I'm no longer captive to a unique set of skills, but rather captive just to him. And he is now the one gravitational pull that directs my activities versus if I tie my purpose to a specific Mm. set of activities, I now need those things in my life to be okay. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I think that's heavy and, and it makes us anxious to fight for those things. And, and I see when that. They, and, and when you lose them, mm-hmm. uh, like our friend who was one of the best Bible teachers we know, and then eight years ago gets diagnosed with MS mm-hmm. and now mm-hmm. can not walk and can hardly think straight, mm-hmm. uh, you go, has, has he lost his purpose mm-hmm. in life? Because there's a whole group of folks that would say, no, you, God has made you to be a teacher, right? Bible teacher. Yeah. A Bible That's teacher. Right. But yeah. you can't do it anymore. So yeah. did, are you purposeless now? It's like, well, mm. yes, if your purpose was a verb. Right. But if your purpose is a noun, 
then you mm-hmm. you have as much purpose on this side of MS as you did on the other side. Yes. So good. And you know, we have been reading in the news about such alarming depression rates, suicide yep. rates, and that makes sense. I think so many mm-hmm. of us are raised to become when we graduate from high school or college or whatever, mm-hmm. to find our purpose, kind of like we don't have a purpose up until that right. point in life. <laughs> and man, that is a lot of pressure. And, and when you don't it live is. up to even your own expectations, why wouldn't yep. it bring depression? Why wouldn't it bring right. those thoughts of, um, you know, I'm, I have no purpose. Uh, that is so good. Absolutely. And I think, we need that type of deep meaning, that transcendent sense of purpose to live. I mean, there's, it makes me think of Viktor Frankl's book, uh, Man's Search for Meaning, if you've ever read it. I mean, he, his whole thesis is we, we survive because we have meaning in life. So I think mm. it is a legitimate need in the human heart that God intends yeah. to satisfy with himself. But uh, we have this attractive carrot on a stick set before us culturally, right? Of go figure out your unique purpose. And what's different about our current age that was not true even 10, 20, 30 years ago is we really can do almost anything. Uh, We can now build websites. We don't have to be a web designer to do it. We can now start a podcast. We can now write books. You just need an Amazon seller account. I mean, we really, the, the door is flung wide open for us to try all these things, do all these things discover all these things. The workplace is changing. We're not stuck to one job forever. And so it feels really attractive. And we were made to have this deep sense of meaning. We're told it's in a specific skill set. And so I think people are anxious and worried about how will I know if I find it, if I figure it out, how will I be able to do that thing? Um, It produces stress and anxiety, but we keep chasing it because we need that purpose. And we do. Um, I think it's just misplaced, and I think it's really restful, relieving, freeing, and actually motivating (laughs) to know what our real purpose is in life. It actually motivates us into more action, I think, um, to be set free from such a narrow view of of what purpose is in life. And for those out there who are not believers or just don't really, they're not excited about that thought of, you know, I'm only here because I'm created for God. I mean, I kind of understand that if you don't, if you've never experienced God, why should that satisfy me? Right? Sure. Um, mm-hmm. Because we are, our culture has so focused on, you know, everything from, I mean, I look at my kids growing up compared to when I grew up and in, you know, mm-hmm. in kindergarten, they were doing this and I was like learning how to, you know, walk straight or whatever you know we were they're they're so advanced now in their education my son was doing um multiplication in first grade and i don't know when i even knew what multiplication was it's it's like we are (laughs) we've set the bar so high uh Mm -hmm. with so many expectations um that it is scary it really is scary and we all want to be successful in what we do um even as believers we want to we want to work as though we're working for the lord in everything we do um, but we right. can get that flip-flopped really quick. Really good yeah. stuff. Mm-hmm. That's right. Well, wow. and to those who haven't experienced that relationship with God, you know, I think of um, men like C.S. Lewis who would say, if I find in myself a desire that this world cannot satisfy, then the only conclusion is I was made for something else. And I think eventually, because we were made for someone 
as grand as the person who designs nebulas in the galaxies. Mm, I mean, it's like we were made for something really huge. Uh, eventually, I think we're going to figure out nothing is satisfying. I mean, even if you make it to the top of human achievement and accomplishment like Solomon did, what does he end up writing? The book of Ecclesiastes, where he gets to the top peak of all human achievement and says, up here on the top of this, on the top of the world, I still don't find anything. Mm, At the end of the day, he concludes, it's just about God. (laughs) That's his conclusion. The wealthiest, most wise most accomplished man who ever lived. And uh, I think it's like, yeah, try the world out and, and see if it scratches that itch fully. But there's plenty of people who we've seen and read their stories that come to the conclusion it wasn't enough. Like, yeah, it's not big enough. It's ironically, those types of things set before us as purpose are too small. They're not big enough things to live for. Mm-hmm. Uh, we were made actually for something greater than that. And uh, it does take faith to see that, right? We, we know him by faith, not by sight, but it is what we are made for. And so yeah. we want to encourage people toward that, the believer and the unbeliever. You know, I've, I've told many people that uh, there's a place in all of us, like a missing puzzle piece that can only be filled by God. And I think that our, we've seen mm-hmm. in our society that we're chasing after everything under the sun, talking about Solomon. Um, you know, it can be alcohol, it can be drugs, mm-hmm. it can be pornography, it can be the list continues to grow, even our phones, we can be addicted to our phones or whatever. Yeah. Um, but ultimately, I think if everybody was honest, they would say this is not fulfilling, it's not filling, yep. it's not the perfect piece that fits. So, um, mm-hmm. so good, so good. I'm looking forward to that book. I'm going to turn it to Jimmy now. That's a pretty high yep. bar. Yeah. <laughs> I, uh, I made some killer too. mac and cheese last night, <laughs> and uh, <laughs> I don't want to brag, but uh, my kids ate all of it. Um, Speaking of kids. Yes. You wrote oh, a book. Look yeah. at that segue. Yeah. You should do a podcast. Oh, yes. I'm so good at that stuff. Wow. Um, yeah, that will that'll yeah, fulfill so your I, purpose in life, Kelly. Finally. Right, exactly. Get that itch scratched. Uh, yeah, I am... Um, uh, I surprised myself a little bit this year. Uh, I went. I took a uh, uh, two-month sabbatical from pastoring at our church. I hit the sort of year marker that uh, triggers that. And I thought I'd kind of go off into the forest with a, a good novel and just read for two months and come back. And uh, I ended up coming back with like all of this content, and a lot of it was for kids. And I, I was like, mm. why? Why am I? It was so not on my radar. But one of, one of the things that I came out of the sabbatical with was a was a was a children's book, mm-hmm. and uh, I had a blast doing it. Mm-hmm. And right now we're um, uh, we're in talks with publishers about it and, and all that. But it's a it's a book uh, um, called Real Bad Guys that I've been kind of flirting with the idea for a while now. But it's going to be you know kind of in that similar space to the things that we love to explore like what are what are difficult themes that we can help make sense of for people who mm-hmm. for whom this maybe feels tricky and uh, so uh, let's just try to do that tricky work with the youngest minds with in the room nine-year-old as if girls. it wasn't already yeah. challenging enough let's try I'll to tell explain you what, complex though, things to kids <laughs> yeah they're being bombarded with a lot of garbage so it is it's yeah. refreshing to know that there's going to be something out there 
um, that will that will help with that and help our parents. With yeah. That. Well, we're we're uh, this book is kind of exploring. Um, well, you know, I I I noticed. I would be hanging with my kids and we'd be watching a movie or we'd see something on the news or we'd read something in a book. And one of my girls would remark, uh, they're just trying to figure out who the characters are or whatever. And they would say, dad, is that the bad guy? The one you just made, is that the bad guy? And, and I kind of realized in that moment, okay, I could, there's a couple ways I can answer that. The first way is to say, yes, he's the bad guy. And, and kind of like give her a, a half, view of how God sees the world and, and people. Mm-hmm. Uh, because what she's asking is, 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 is he the guy who's doing wrong? Mm-hmm. Um, but we understand that if you're a Christian, you hopefully have a more robust sense of what good and bad are, because God uh, do, mm-hmm. doesn't just look at the outward appearance, right? God looks right. at the heart. And, uh, and so what I found myself telling my kids all the time was I, I was giving them all these caveats of mm-hmm. like, well, Bad guys, how do you say this, uh, are not the only bad guys. That's what I ended up saying. And if, after they got over their initial confusion, I, I took some time to like just help make sense of like there is only, there's only one good guy who has ever lived. Mm-hmm. Uh, and everyone else, according to Scripture, is the bad guy. Mm-hmm. The problem is we don't all look like that. Mm-hmm. But... Uh, what God sees is the motive of the heart. And I feel, I I have felt over the years, like it's been so important for me to instill that uh, truth into my kids, because if they don't see that now, they're going to grow up, they're going to become little Pharisees who go to church and read their Bible and do all the right things and think that somehow that is the thing that pleases the heart of God. Um, all the while neglecting the fact that they're doing all those things for themselves so they could feel okay, so that they could look good to God and to others. And meanwhile, they get to look at everybody who's in prison and go, well, those are the real, those are the real guys, you know, bad folks out there. And it's just, I don't want what Jesus said to the Pharisees in Matthew 23 to be said to my children. Um, The hardest words Jesus had to say to anybody in the whole Bible was to the religious class. Yeah. And so this who book looked is... Like the good guys. Who looked like the good That's guys. Right. They were to everyone in their yeah. society. So this book is kind of exploring that. But if you could believe it in a fun <laughs> way... <laughs> it's very uh, funny. It's, very uh, it's a little ridiculous. Yeah, uh, but we, we have some fun with it. Only could pull that off. It. Yeah. We, That's uh, true. <laughs> uh, but I'm excited to share it with you guys soon. So, yeah. Very cool. That that brings up as we segue also into I want to talk about your family. Um, you know, that's a, an, an issue we talk about a lot on the show, too, is, um, you know, and I, I alluded to it briefly before we started talking about your book. And that's what our kids are being raised in right now. Um, it mm-hmm. used to be uh, different in the fact that primarily the home was where they learned most of their moral uh you know things and and now uh it's being taught in school it's being really pushed on all of us um you know all over Mm -hmm. and so uh, i do think that there is a lot to be said about those moments jimmy sitting there with your kids watching a movie that had nothing to do with probably scripture and it was a Mm -hmm. teaching moment Mm -hmm. and i think there are so many times when as parents 
we skip over those teaching moments to help them understand because there's so much pharisaical stuff out there, even beyond, uh, in, in, even beyond outside the church. Even within the church, we're yeah. dealing with so much stuff that um, is based on works, and we don't even realize yeah. it a lot of times. So, yeah, um, you're right. Yeah, mm-hmm. so strong. So you know, with the attacks that we are having from the enemy today, um, I think it's so important for us to realize the next generation needs to get back to the reality of uh, who God is and um, their right. purpose. Really great yeah. stuff. Mm-hmm. Who is it? Uh, is it was it one of my seminary professors or one of my friends? Says uh, God has no grandchildren; He only has children. Mm. Which means uh, you don't just uh, you don't just get saved and then know that your family tree is going to be loving Jesus all the That's way right. down. Every generation has to do the job of of bringing your children up in the fear and admonition of the Lord. So we got to yeah. do. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so true. I remember a Promise Keeper uh, event that I went to years and years ago, and uh, it was the story of the three chairs, and, and we go back to the Old Testament for this, and uh, the generation that knew the Lord, the next generation that knew the Lord, yep. the next generation knew not the Lord, and um, mm-hmm. it can happen mm-hmm. so quickly, and um, yep. if we don't keep our eyes on what's really important, we can miss that and um, You're right. change change our world. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So tell us about your kids. That's kind of, kind of how we first met. Uh, yeah. was mm-hmm. through, um, back in the day. yeah, back in the day, it's been a while, but, uh, I just recently saw pictures on your website and, uh, my goodness, they're growing very quickly, um, uh, as, they're as kids do, but, uh, yeah. uh, tell us about, we have, yeah, uh, we've got, um, five kids. One is in the womb <laughs> in utero, uh, but only for four more weeks, maybe. Uh, yeah. About a month out from baby number five making yeah. his arrival. Wow. Yeah, little boy. Yep. So, uh, but uh, four who are with us now, and and uh, two, our two oldest are girls. They're biological. Our two youngest are boys. They're adopted from India, and um, I'm pretty sure this one's going to be biological. So, oh my gosh. yeah, pretty sure. <laughs> wow. Mm-hmm. Wow. Yeah. yeah. And our Maybe. older older girls are. 11 and yeah, 11 yeah. and 10 and mm-hmm. seven and three, our boys are seven and three. And Mike, that's how we first came across you is through our connection with America world adoption agency. Yeah. Uh, love them and uh great experience there. So yeah, our boys are excited for another boy in the house and more wrestling, more sword fights, you know, Lots it of wasn't that long here. ago that Jimmy, you were the only guy and now you're being overtaken. Mm-hmm. Uh, with the boys, I know. so wow, it's it's happening. The testosterone is real. Yes, that's a shame <laughs> lots for the of girls. Smashing. Lots of yeah, lots oh of yeah, smashing. sure, yeah, yeah, yeah. Very exciting. Very cool. Yeah, sure. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's great. Well, um, guys, I want to uh, I want to go over really quickly. We'll put these things in the show notes um, really quickly where we can reach out to you and people that are listening can um, follow up with you on. All the things we talked about, um, clearly we have jimmyneedham.com, as I referred to earlier, and kellyneedham.com, which makes you, Mm -hmm. again, one of the coolest couples I know. Tell us about, (laughs) okay, clearly your books, we talked about your upcoming books, which I'm really excited about, Um, and so uh, Jimmy's albums, um, how can we 
uh, where do we find the podcast? Uh, do you guys do, um, do you guys do a video podcast as well? Mm-hmm. We, yep. Mm-hmm. I haven't yep. It's on YouTube. Up. So okay. you could go to uh, YouTube and search clearly podcast with Jimmy and Kelly and you'll find it or wherever you get your audio podcast streamed. Uh, the podcast should be there as well. Yep. And if you're interested in, if the books that we talked about, you're interested in knowing more about them, uh, you really could subscribe to either one of our uh, email, you know, newsletters through either website, kellyneedham.com or jimmyneedham.com. And we kind of keep updated. everybody updated yeah. about what both of us are doing there. Um, and you can be on the lookout for those kind of projects coming out in the near future. And most likely they'll get mentioned on the podcast as well. So, yeah. Yeah. Um, and then we're, we're also on social media, uh, mainly Instagram and Facebook, um, but you can follow us there. And uh, yeah, that would be a good place to keep up with any, totally. any of those new things on the horizon. So. Very cool. We'll have all that stuff for you. Thank you both so much. Uh, I've really enjoyed this. And again, I can't speak highly enough of clearly the podcast. Uh, Go check that out. It will be eye-opening. It will help you to dig into those things that are complex, confusing, or controversial. And I love that Mm -hmm. because it's so true. (laughs) So, uh, Jimmy and Kelly, thank you so much for joining us today. Thank you, Mike. Appreciate you, man. Thanks, Mike. Well, friends, I want to encourage you to be part of that 39% of Americans who are reading their Bibles regularly. In fact, spending time in God's Word is needed daily, so make it a priority each and every day. You will find, if you haven't already, that God truly does speak to us as we read His Word. I also suggest subscribing to Jimmy and Kelly's podcast, Clearly, with weekly episodes on Tuesdays and Thursdays. It's a great supplement to your daily Bible reading. You can find their podcast on your favorite podcast app or on YouTube. Subscribe today and catch up on those previous episodes. They're good. Well, on our last show, I mistakenly said that today's episode was going to be with Christian music icon Dallas Holm. I got a bit ahead of myself. In fact, a week ahead of myself. So you can consider today's episode with Jimmy and Kelly a bonus. Next week, we will be talking with a true legend in Christian music. Dallas Holm has been in ministry for decades, and my conversation with him was so encouraging, you don't want to miss it. So, until next week, remember that if your life is grounded in Jesus, even in the darkest times, there is hope. Mm -hmm.